Right. Good morning. I'm Pastor Tim. I'm the Generations Pastor, and on behalf of Pastor Anita and Pastor Terry, our senior pastors today, we would like to welcome you to the Father's House. Uh, we'd like to welcome our online viewers also. Father's House, let's welcome our online viewers. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, let me just get this out of the way right away. Congratulations, Clemson, and congratulations, Alabama, for all you Alabama fans out there. We'll, we'll go there. How many of you stayed up last night and watched the end of that game? How many of you stayed up like me hoping for the greatest comeback ever? Oh, wow, man, only be hanging. Thank you, sister. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> amen, amen. Well, no. Um, wow, so bunch of Alabama fans in here, I guess, huh? Okay. Anyway, I love you. I love you. I love you. It's going to be a great day in the house today. We are going to talk about some things that are going to help change our lives in 2019. See, we don't want to repeat. This is really, really great, and I know it's God because um, Andrea and I did not talk about what the teaching was going to be. And the words that she prophesied in second service are the same words that she prophesied in first service about letting go and looking for something new in 2019. And I'm just so, so just amazed sometimes at the way God works today. So we're going to start off today. The title of my message, um, you have a blank sheet of paper, so feel free just to take whatever notes God speaks to you, is you are. And I want you to, we're going to be looking to fill that in as what you are later on today. So today is December 30th, 2018. Tomorrow's New Year's Eve. Who's got New Year's Eve plans? Any New Year's Eve plans? A couple of you. All right. Who remembers when you used to have New Year's Eve plans? Yeah, yeah, all right, right, right. Isn't that kind of neat? You know, when you're real little and maybe your mom lets you stay up till midnight and, you know, you're all trying to keep your eyes awake because you want to be there when, when the new year changes. And then you get a little bit older, maybe start hanging out with friends and you make your own plans and go out and you see that new year in. But then... Some of us get to that age and that hump where we're like, I really don't need to stay up to midnight anymore. I can say my, my prayers coming into the new year at 9.30, which is bedtime, and I'll be just fine in the morning. So we all do things just a little bit different. But one of the things that we probably all do or have done over the years is to make New Year's resolutions. So a lot of us made New Year's resolutions around this time last year. And as Andrea said, you know, some of us this year are looking to not repeat. Some of you, one year ago today, said, I'm not going to repeat 2017. I can't do 2017. And some of you a year ago today made some great New Year's resolutions for 2018. Maybe you said that 2018 was going to be different or better or maybe the same. Maybe this. Maybe some of you said in 2018, I resolved to get closer to God. I'm going to spend a little bit more time seeking my Savior, seeking the creator of the universe to see what he has for me. Some of you might have said, hey, I'm going to spend more time reading my Bible. That's always one for me because I always want to get into the scripture just a little bit more. It's so fantastic how we can read and reread and reread the word of God and you read the exact same passage and God just breathes something new into you. The page just seems to jump out at you and it gives you something brand new for you to latch a hold of. 
How many of you in here maybe said at this time last year, I'm going to join a life group? How many of you joined a life group for the first time in 2018? Anybody? All right. Excellent. How about this? Maybe some of you said, I'm going to complete growth track. How many of you completed growth track in 2018? Fantastic. Somebody might have said, I'm going to find a place to serve. Did anybody start serving anywhere in the house in 2018? Woo! We thank God for you. All these are great things. Some of you might said, you know, I really need to make things a little bit better with some of my family. So I'm going to call them up and I'm not going to continue that 2018. Or, or some friends or maybe a relationship where you're kind of broke and you said, you know what? Because it's the right thing to do, I'm going to fix that relationship. Whether I was right or whether I was wrong, maybe the other person was wrong, but I'm going to show that person the grace that Jesus Christ shows me. Maybe some of you decided, hey, this is the year, 2018, where I'm going to finally share Jesus with that neighbor that I speak with across the fence or that coworker that I work with because I know that they need God. This is one that Americans do every year. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to lose some weight. I'm going to go to the gym. My son, um, when he was at UCF, would tell me that the, uh, the, worst, the worst two um, weeks to go to the gym were the first week of school and then the first week when school started back in January because you had everybody coming back and the first day you get back in the gym, he says, it's like so crowded. And, and both of my sons are kind of gym rats, so they live there. But... Um, the first two weeks are just super crowded, and you can't get in there, and then, you know, those resolutions just don't seem quite as important sometimes as we go longer. Maybe for some of you, though, it was a more deeper spiritual. You knew there was something in your life that had to be broken so you could get closer to God. Maybe you resolved to stop looking at porn, maybe to stop drinking, maybe to stop being angry, stop gossiping, whatever that thing is that you know is separating you from Jesus Christ. So as you look back over your 2018, if you were given the chance, would you A, maybe do it again? Because you did work on and you did complete the purpose for which God had for you. Or maybe you'd say, if I got to do 2018, if I had to do 2017 again at the end of 2017, you'd say I'd run and hide because either I failed to change what I wanted to or life circumstances. Maybe in 2018 you resolved and you started out strong, but then life just crashed down on you. Broken relationships, maybe a death of a loved one, maybe a death of, of a close friend, or maybe a job change that you weren't ready for. Just something happened that you said, I can't believe this is happening. How am I going to go through this? Some of you might say I'd go again, but I would just hope for some changes. A lot of times we look up and we find ourselves just going through and repeating the same year over and over and over. I went back to 2017, but for some of you, this goes back farther. 2016, you tried. 2015, 2014, and on and on and on. And every year, it's like you're living in the Bill Murray movie Groundhog Day, where the same day or the same year is just repeating over and over and over. And you're wondering, God, will anything ever change in my life? For some of you, this, this scenario, this cycle just continues to repeat itself. You say, this year I'll make changes. And then, like we say, life happens. 
Some of us, let's just be honest, we get lazy, right? Sometimes it's just easier to sleep in that extra 15, 20, 30 minutes rather than set that alarm up and spend that time with God before the day starts. Or maybe just to keep looking at TV just a little bit later and not spending that time on our knees before we go to bed, especially men. Married men, if you are here today, it is so important that we hit our knees, number one, by ourselves, and number two, with our wives and with our children, and pray over them and speak life into them. And we mean to do it. We really do. We want to do it. We're purposeful to do it. But then it's sometimes we just get lazy and we just forget to remember to do that. Or sometimes we make those little changes and we say, okay, Lost two pounds, that's good. Back to the cookies and cake I can go. We pat ourselves on the back, figure we have done enough. But you know, when we continue to repeat the same cycle over and over and over, it seems like we're picking up and we're putting on just a heavy burden. We carry this burden around with us every single day. Now, this is one of my older rucksacks. My family and I, we like to um, ruck, which is basically putting some weight in a rucksack and running, walking, doing exercises along the way. I like to do some um, ruck competitions where it gets a little bit more intense, some of the things that you're doing. Some of them are kind of quasi-military, and they put you through some, some serious changes. But you know what? Satan would love for you to put on a negative spiritual rucksack, that burden, and just carry it on and on and on. And you know, every year we say, I'm not going to do that anymore. So we take it off, and we try to hide it. Hide it over here by the door, and we say, I'm not going to pick that thing up anymore. We set it down. We back away from it. Maybe we do something. We, we get involved in that life group just for a little short time. And we say, I'm not picking that burden back up. We get into our word and we say, God, thank you, thank you, thank you. But then life happens. And Satan is there. The enemy's there. And he sets that burden down and we see it. And we're drawn to it. It's like it's on the shelf calling to us. Pick me back up, Tim. I'm your burden. Pick me back up. And sometimes the burden is the comfort in our life. It's kind of crazy. But that burden becomes what is normal and what is natural to us. And we pick it back up, even though we don't want to, because it's so normal. It's so comfortable. We don't know why. And then once we get it on, it's not comfortable anymore. And we look up and we're saying, wow, not again. I can't believe that I picked it up again. And before long, this year turns into the year before, and the year before, and the year before, and we just give up, and we let it, the burden, define who we are and how we live our lives. We look up, and I'm not preaching only at you, I'm preaching to myself this morning, because I'm so guilty of this all the time, with the, why me, God, why is this happening to me? God, please make it stop. Please make it stop. And we're clutching onto this thing. God, why me? And Jesus is like, man, just give it to me. We're like, but it's mine. Why stop? Please, God, why? And we get into this cycle where over and over and over, we live out what the burden is calling us to live out. So some of you are sitting out here saying, really, Tim? 
I came last, last um, you know, Sunday of the year, and you're just going to preach this kind of really down and depressing message. I got to tell you, though, there's hope, there's light, there's truth, and the answers to break the burden are in the Word of God today. We didn't do this yet, but I'd like, is there any way we can put this up on the screen now? I kind of skipped over that, but it seems like this is a great place to do that. If you have your Bible, I'd like for you to just hold your Bible up because this is the truth. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is life to me. Today I receive the Word. I confess my mind's alert. My heart is receptive. I am obedient. I will never be the same again in the name of Jesus. This is how our burdens get broken today. We're going to look to the Word of God, and we are going to look to see something about burdens and how God wants to, number one, use them, and number two, take them away from us. So if you have your Bible today, your smartphone, electronic device, if it's just up here, dial up James chapter 1. We're going to look a little bit at trials and temptations. In James chapter 1, verse 2, um, the writer writes, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, Whenever you face trials of many kinds. Really? Consider it pure joy when you face trials. It's really not the answer I was looking for, Tim. But he goes on to say this. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. So let's go ahead and take a look at this and see what the writer is really trying to teach us here today. So my faith tests are producing perseverance. That's a really great word, perseverance, and I have a bunch of synonyms that I want to give to you today. So the first one is persistence, tenacity, determination, staying power, steadfastness, purposefulness, patience, endurance, application, diligence, dedication, commitment, doggedness, tirelessness, stamina, and stick-to-itiveness. Stick-to-itiveness. I don't know about you, but I could use a little bit more stick-to-itiveness in my life when it comes to overcoming what God wants me to overcome. And I want all of those qualities in my life. I want more endurance. I want to be less tired in the Lord. I want to have more tenacity when it comes to meeting the day-to-day -day trials that I have to go through to further the kingdom of God. If I let perseverance finish in my life, instead of tapping out, I can become mature, the writer says. I can become complete in Christ, and I won't lack anything. I'm telling you what, sign me up for that not lacking anything part. That's what I want for 2019. I don't want to lack anything that Jesus wants to give me. And I'll tell you, I bet my wife would say, sign that boy up for a little bit more of that maturity stuff. He could use just a little bit more of that. But wait, guys, there is so much more. If I persevere through my trials, if I stand the test, my Lord will reward me one day with the crown of life. And that 
is our ultimate reward as Christians. So you're sitting out there and you're saying, okay, Tim, that sounds really good. And a lot of you have heard this before. You've read the book of James. You know that you're supposed to consider it all joy when I go through trials and temptations. You know, it sounds like really holier than thou. But I want you to know that the man who wrote the book of James went through some trials and temptations. Okay, he was the leader of the first century church, which was highly persecuted, and he was martyred for the cause. So we say this sounds good, but how do I put these verses into action? It's one thing to read them, but how do I walk them out? How do I take that next step and make that happen in my life? And I'm glad you asked me that question this morning because we've got some answers for you. In January, Pastor Terry is going to teach a series. He's going to begin the year with a series called Tool Time. Tool time with PT, sounds kind of neat, or tool time with Terry. I think we're still playing with that one, I'm not sure. But the series is going to give us practical biblical tools and ways to walk out and to grow and to overcome as we walk through our faith tests. Tool time is going to teach us how to be persistent, how not to top out, tap out. Tool time is going to put us all on the path to maturity. What I'd like for you to do right now is to take out that connection card. On the back of the connection card, there's a little box up there that says, my next step today is. I would like for us to commit together as the Father's House family that we will commit to attending Tool Time. We will commit to this series in January. So if you'll commit to that, if you'll just write on there, I'll commit to attending the series Tool Time. And you might say, well, you know, Tim, why would you want me to write that down? And the answer is because when we write things down, we are more likely to accomplish them. And then also, as we pray over the connection cards, we are going to pray that God helps you and to overcome anything that would come against you in attending this great series, Tool Time. So again, if you just write that down, we want to pray over that this week, and we'd love for you to attend. But now you say, okay, well, that's great. January's a week or two away. And I'm not just going to leave you hanging until January. We're going to go through a couple scriptures and some words that we can grab a hold of today to be encouraged. Do you like to be encouraged? Everybody likes to be encouraged, right? Yeah, well, let's encourage each other today. And let's let the Holy Spirit encourage us through his word today. So anybody that knows me on any kind of semi-personal or personal level knows I love music, okay? Music has been a part of my life just ever since I can remember. Um, statistics and people that know, you know how they always say they say? Well, they say this, that for most of us, the music that we listen to as we get older, and probably for a lot of you, the music you listen to now is the music that you listen to between the ages of about 16 and 23. Those ages right in, that's probably the music that you listen to. Now, some of you may say, no, I've grown past, and I, 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 I like, you know, the music. If anybody like that, say, hey, I've kind of moved on, and I listen to new music now. Okay, well, let me hit you with one. Do any of you out there know the group Imagine Dragons? Okay, a few of you. Felix? Dude, man, I'm hanging out with you more often, brother. All right. My, my kids and cops hit me with the Imagine Dragons, and I had to go on and Google them and look them up. Had no clue who they were, and they're actually playing one of the bowl games or one, one of the Super Bowl maybe or something. I'm not sure. Coming up. But anyway, so we listen to music because it, it speaks to our hearts. 
And so music is, is, is really powerful for me, and I want to I give you some words and some scriptures, one from a song by Mandisa that I, I really like her. She's just a really powerful artist, and she has a song that's called You're an Overcomer. And today, on your notes, I would like you to write down, I am an overcomer. And as we're doing that, I'd like for us to say that together. Ready? I am an overcomer. Look at your neighbor and say, you are an overcomer. So we're going to look today at this song. We're going to tie a couple scripture verses into it. I could sing it if you want. Does anybody want me to sing? Wow. Thank you, Brother Vance. Me and Brother Vance will do a duet there today. <laughs> so, so this... <laughs> oh, I love having fun with you guys. It's, it, it's, isn't it great that we can laugh in the house of God? Isn't that a good thing? Amen. So one of the verses from this song starts out with, Everybody's been down. You've hit the bottom. You've hit the ground. Oh, you're not alone. But just take a breath. Don't forget, hang on to his promise. He wants you to know. And so I said, well, what does he want us to know today? And God took me to Romans 8.37 and said, I want you to know this. In all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. You are more than a conqueror today. There is nothing the enemy can put in your way that you cannot overcome through the power of the Holy Spirit that works and is alive in you. The next verse goes on to say this, the same man, the great I am. Let me stop there because that's a song I just love. I love when you sing the great I am. It's just fantastic. It just, I could just stand there. It's like I'm in heaven. And Hannah's just singing the great I am. I could just stand there all day because it, it evokes such passion in me. It evokes just this feeling and the presence of God just pours over me. But you know what? I probably do the same thing some of you do. When we come into a great praise and worship service and the power of God is on us and we're laying our burdens down and we're charged up and we're like, yeah, I'm going to go out and witness to everybody I know and life's going to be great because I got this power on me. And we walk outside, and the enemy's out there. He's like, all right, Tim, before you get in your car, just put this thing right back on. It's heavy, man. Do, do some front squats while you're at it. Feel how heavy it is. And I say, okay, God, I, or, I, I don't want this. And then I get home, and, you know, I fall into that trap of coming out of a great Sunday service. And something stupid happens at home, and I snap at my wife. Or, you know, you get a flat tire, and now all of a sudden you forget about the great I am, and you forget about all of that. God wants you to know today that he wants us to walk purposefully in that power, purposefully in his presence. See, his presence doesn't leave us when we walk out of here. His presence doesn't leave us just because Hannah stopped singing over us. His presence doesn't leave us. We have to remember and we have to be purposeful to commune with him continuously. We need to walk with him continuously. John 16, says this, I have told you these things. See, the Bible is so much more than just a collection of cliches, of, of really great, 
you know, inspirational quotes. Now, there are some fantastic inspirational quotes that we should memorize and lock into our mind and be able to say back out when we need them. But the Bible is truth. That God says his word is the lamp unto our feet and the light unto our path. And sometimes we need that light because sometimes the truth is hard. And so in John 16, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But he says, take heart. I have overcome the world. The same God that has overcome the world lives inside of you today. The song goes on to say, you're an overcomer. Stay in the fight till the final round. Don't tap out. Don't give up. Don't be Roberto Duran at the end of the, what was it, the end of the 12th round. He had one more round. He was like, no mas, no mas. All he had to do was go back out there, and he would have beat, and he would have won. Who was he fighting then? Was it Sugar Ray Leonard? I think it was Sugar Ray Leonard. It's a great fight. Google it. Fantastic. But stay in the fight till the final round. You're not going under because God is holding you now. You might be down for a moment. We all get down for a moment. Sometimes we feel like it's hopeless. That's when he, our God, reminds us that we are an overcomer. Psalms 3.3 says this, But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. Here's a shield all around you. He's that buckler all around you. You can get behind those walls that he has set up for you, and he will help us overcome. Andrea started talking about perseverance. This message today has been about perseverance. I don't want to leave you with an example in the Bible about, excuse me, perseverance that sometimes we don't really see. I want to give you a quick synopsis of the wise men today. See, most of us growing up, um, we've seen Christmas shows, Christmas plays, and it's always the same thing. You have the shepherds come in, the angels sing, the shepherds come in, and then here come the wise men right behind them offering their gifts. That wasn't the way it was. The wise men saw the star the night that Jesus was born. Okay, the Bible says that they then went on a journey, and it was probably about a year later when they showed up at the home where Joseph and Mary and Jesus was. So think about this. A year earlier, they saw the star. Now, again, there probably was not just three. We've simplified it to three wise men because of the gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But it was probably um, more more like a larger caravan. Could have been anywhere from, I've heard, 12 up to 120 or more. They may have possibly brought their families. They may have left their families. Think of it either way. All of a sudden, they're looking and they see the star. Now, again, we, we have different schools of thought on whether the wise men were mystics and, you know, kind of like practice wizardry and sorcery or whether they were actually seeking and searching the Messiah. I like to think of it like this. No matter what their practicing religion or occupation was, the God of the universe had placed inside of them something that made them seek the star that would lead them to the Savior of the world. He had placed that inside of them. So they come home and either they gather up their family and they say, we're going on this year, this year journey, or they leave their family, which is probably more likely what happened, and said, I'm going on a journey. Well, where are you going? I'm following the star. Why? Because I feel a drawing. 
So they, get, they, they, they go to the place where Jesus was. The Bible tells us that they stopped and they met with Herod to find out. And Herod's, Herod's um, his advisors you know, gave him the prophecies. They told the wise men. The wise men went and worshipped. And this is the greatest thing. I've heard this story at least 57 times, probably two or three times that at least once a year. My father would read this story to us every Christmas morning. Even when I wasn't serving God, I would read this story in my own household because it was tradition. See, there are some things, men, that when we put into our children's heart as tradition, they're going to carry it, even if they're not walking closely with the Lord, and they will remember that in their times of trouble. That's just an aside for all you parents out there to lock into today. So I've heard this story, but this year, God spoke something just a little bit deeper into me, that the Bible tells us that they were warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, but to go home a different route. And God spoke to me and said, once they came in contact with his son, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, they opened up a new relationship with God, and God, which allowed God to speak truth and life into them. Now, we don't know the backstory of the wise men. Don't know if they went home and evangelized their known world. We don't know that. But I know that when they came in contact with the creator of the world, their spirit was able to receive the words that God had for them. The same is true for us when we come in contact with the creator of the world, the Savior, the Messiah who lived and died for us. Your world cannot be the same, and it'll open up this channel of communication. If you allow it, he will speak life into you, through you, and for you today. Thank you, Lord. Today we're going to close just a little bit differently. We're going to end up praying one for another. Now I could ask, hey, if you feel like you need a new year, raise your hand, come down here, let's pray over you. But there's some of you out there that need a new year that would be a little hesitant to raise your hand. So we're going to do this just a little bit different. See, God is here today, and he is saying to you, if you're tired of your same old story, come on and turn some pages. Get it? Turn some pages. I'll be here when you are ready. So we're going to get into groups of two to four, and we're going to pray one for another. God wants you to have victory. So as I'm finishing, I want you to stand up and just get into groups of two and four. We are going to take about two or three minutes, and we are going to pray one for another of our needs today as we end 2018 and move forward into 2019 with joy, power, and victory. So as, as just please, everybody stand if you would, and just, just right where you are, grab a couple people, get in groups of two to four. I don't want anybody to be alone. See, God wants to say to you today that I knew it had to happen. See, God wants you to be able to say this at the end of next year. I knew it had to happen. You could feel the tables turning. God's going to get you through your darkest hour. You may hear the thunder clap and feel the desert burning. And his power, word, and life can pour on you like a sweet sun shower that he has life for you today. So let's just take a couple moments and pray one for another today.
over our people that are online as you pray one for another. If you're out there online and you're watching and hopefully you have some family or friends around you, grab hands and pray. But if you're sitting there by yourself, I want you to know one thing. You are never alone. Jesus is right there in the room with you and I'm going to reach out over over the airwaves and I'm going to lock in with you so there's no just one person today. You're there with Jesus. I'm reaching out to you and Father I pray for those that may be feeling kind of alone. Maybe they're in a hospital room or an apartment or a trailer or a home and they're watching TV or they're watching on their smartphone or on the computer and they say I feel like I'm alone. God let them know that they're not alone. That you have never left them. You're right there with them fill their homes, their rooms with peace and power. Lord, lift their burdens today, Lord. Let them be overcomers as they reach out to family, friends, and neighbors and share this good word that Jesus Christ has for them today. Oh, Lord, we just thank you, God. We thank you in Jesus' name for this. God, we just want to say thank you today for the power that's coming of prayer one for another today. And as we end our prayer, I just want to pray a prayer of blessing over you today. In Jesus' name, Father, I pray over everyone that's in the sound of my voice that we would persevere in 2019. We would be overcomers in 2019. We would seek your face. We would share your word. We would walk in victory. We would walk in the joy of the Lord. God wants to tell you today, if you're ready to roll with some of his changes that he has for you in 2019, just give him a hand. Give him a shout of victory today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Before we end our service, there may be one or two or more of you that are saying, wow, Tim, that sounds really good. I even prayed for somebody and somebody prayed for me. But you're talking about overcoming and and, and Jesus. And maybe some of you here know that you really need Jesus in your heart. You don't have him living in your heart. Or maybe you did and you kind of walked away and you need to recommit your life. I'm not going to embarrass you today. I'm not going to call you out. But I want you to take a bold step with me today. And I want you to just say by raising your hand, Tim, I know I need Jesus in my heart or I know I need to recommit my heart to Jesus and I just want you to pray with me. So if that's any of you out there, would you just raise your hand with me today so that we can pray this prayer of salvation with you. I see about three, four, five hands. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Another hand going up. Hands going up in the back. This is fantastic. See, this is the way to end your year and to begin 2019. And we are going to join in prayer with you. We are going to join in prayer with you today. Father's house, we are all going to say this prayer together so that we support our new brothers and sisters that are either for the first time or making a recommitment. Dear God, thank you for sending your son. I know he died for me, and I accept his forgiveness today. I want a new life. I want joy and victory. I'm ready to walk through the trials with Jesus by my side. So I accept him in my heart. And as best as I know how, I'm going to serve him through 2019. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's celebrate today, Father's house. Hey, friends. Thanks for watching today. And I believe that today's teaching was life-changing for you. 
We prayed that way and we believe that it would. And so I just want to say in advance, thank God for how he changes our life through the power of his word. I would um, encourage you today that if you've never made Jesus the Savior of your life, the Lord of your life, I would love to pray with you today and for you to make that decision. I can give you the words, but you have to surrender the heart. That's what's so very important. So I'll pray a prayer and uh, you put your heart to it and you pray this prayer after me. Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins on the cross. I could never get good enough to come to you in your holiness. But I know that Jesus died for my sins and he rose again on the third day to give me a new start, a new beginning. So today I repent of my sins and I invite you into my life. And as best as I know how, I wanna serve you for the rest of my life. Fill me with your spirit and help me to walk day by day in your strength and your power. Man, I hope you prayed that prayer today. If you prayed that prayer, why don't you call the church office or let us know that you prayed that prayer. I have a book that I'd like to give you that'll help you know the next steps to take. Giving our heart to the Lord is not just something that we do to get the guilt or the bad feeling away, but it's a life change. It's new things that we start doing, and the book that I want to give you will help you in that. Also, if you have any prayer requests, we'd love to join with you in praying about those. And uh, if the Father's house and these teachings have uh, blessed you and you've benefited from them, would you consider supporting the Father's house? Uh, first of all, through prayer and encouragement, and second of all, through financial support. That's how we continue to keep our missionaries going. That's how we're able to keep these sermon series going out to you. And so if you'll just ask God what he would have for you to do, I would really appreciate it. So just remember, here at the Father's house, we don't care where you've been. We just care where you're going. And I think you're going in the right direction. So I want to see you next week as you watch here from the Father's house as we bring you the word that will change your life.